y'all. Welcome to episode five of Feed the Bean. I'm Andrew, your host, your daddy de cuisine, and father of the bean. This is a podcast in which I make gourmet foods for my picky eating toddler. I wanted to start off this week by saying thank you for being so patient as we move to this bi-weekly release schedule. I've got to say, I have so much respect for people who work full-time and manage to do a podcast. I had a romantic notion in my head about what it would be like grinding away late at night, similar to when I was going to start my master's program, which I've since finished, where you start a long-term project that requires a lot of work and time. And you picture it sort of like a Rocky montage in your head. Music playing in the background as you toil away, working hard, focusing, but you only see short snippets. Running through the snow, punching a frozen block of meat, lifting a log above your head as you run through the Russian tundra. And that sort of romanticizes the hard work. And, uh... It was tough going back to work and then only spending a couple of hours in the evening with the family, putting the girls to bed, and then being so drained, the idea of sitting down and recording was a lot. Also, it's very hard when you get home from work at 5 and bath time starts at 6.30 to cook a gourmet meal and have time to feed the kids, get them to bed on time. Add on to this the fact that we currently only have a small little, essentially wet bar sink, a toaster oven, a microwave, and a hot plate like a dorm room. And it can make some of those more gourmet, more involved meals slightly more difficult. Now, in anticipation for this, I started looking up single pot and crock pot and Instapot meals to make the cooking and cleaning as painless as possible. Uh, That being said, this meal, which I'm really excited about, I, I actually cooked before we went down to Florida and before the kitchen was torn apart. It's a very involved meal, at least on the front end. And it sat in our freezer for a couple of months. And my wife and I made a few of these frozen meals to have ready to go when we got home. This one is perfect for those blustery, cold New England winters. It's hearty. It fills your home with a rich, savory aroma. And it really sticks to your ribs and makes you feel content as the snow falls, the wind howls, and ice forms on your windows. This is another French meal made famous, I think, by Julia Childs, the great Julia Childs. It's beef bourguignon, or as the curmudgeonly math teacher on my team calls it, Beef stew. Why would you even call it beef bourguignon? You're not French. It's just beef stew. And this is why nobody 
including other teachers, like math teachers. It's like when they go to school to become a teacher, they take special classes on how to be grumpy jerks. What's up with math teachers? What's up with airplane food? You hear about this? You know about this? Math teachers are jerks. But, uh... (laughs) Yikes. But really, it takes a special kind of person to teach math to children. Uh, They don't want to be in school to begin with, and many of them, the last place they want to be is in math class. So not only do you have to teach them something critically important to their future, but you have to teach them against their will, even more so than other subjects. So I guess they have to be grumpy. They have to be a curmudgeon. They have to be intractable because otherwise they would quit immediately. That would be such a frustrating subject to teach. Uh, The content we just recently covered in my class was density, you know, taking the mass and dividing it by the volume. And I was pulling my hair out trying to just teach the kids that you don't always divide the larger number by the smaller number. You can wind up dividing the smaller number by the larger number. It's called a fraction. Convert it to a decimal. There you go. Didn't matter that we did it for three weeks. They were still dividing the larger number by the smaller number every time. I understand why every male math teacher I've ever met has been thinning up top. Because they pull their hair out. And the stress of the job makes the rest fall out that they haven't yanked out of their head. So God bless those curmudgeonly old schmucks. But back to the beef bourguignon and cooking it ahead of time and leaving it in the freezer. One of the best parts about beef bourguignon is that I've found the longer it sits in its sauces, the more flavorful it grows, especially the meat. And that goes even for freezing it after you cook it and saving it for later. I often comment to my wife that the beef bourguignon is by far better on the second or third day. I'm not going to get too in-depth on the recipe here because it is essentially a French beef stew and it was made famous by Julia Childs. And how am I going to describe a recipe better than Julia Childs can? Plus, most people listening probably have an old copy of a Julia Child's cookbook somewhere in their kitchen if they're old. If you're younger, you can just Google Julia Child's beef bourguignon. I will say it's important to get the uh, beef cubed down to a good size. You uh, sear it around the outsides, chop up the bacon into small pieces, and crisp that up. Julia Child's recipe calls for carrots in the stew, among the other vegetables, which is something I typically omit, because why include carrots if you don't have to? They're gross. At best, you get a mushy carrot that falls apart in your mouth and vaguely tastes like the delicious broth in the rest of the stew. At worst, it's still just a freaking carrot. Who needs it? Also, the recipe calls for, frankly, what I would call a limited amount of garlic. 
And don't do that. You don't measure garlic cloves based on a recipe. You do it with your heart. And if someone ever tells you you have too much garlic, ask them to leave your house immediately. You don't need a person like that in your life. They're bringing you down. Their negativity is unwarranted, unsolicited, and frankly, uncalled for. You don't need to put up with them. Make better friends. Make garlic friends. As with all meals that include them, my absolute favorite part of this meal is the mushrooms. Those little flavor sponges that just soak up all the broth, all the flavor from all the different parts of the stew. And they cook down a lot. So I substitute however many carrots Julia Childs wants me to use. And I add that many more mushrooms because it's the best part of beef bourguignon, in my opinion. And you can't have too much. I will pick around the beef and the other stuff simply to get to the mushrooms. And it is heartbreaking whenever we get to the bottom of the Dutch oven and there's no more mushrooms left because I've already picked them out. And then I just think to my, what's even the point of continuing? We're done with this beef bourguignon now. It's over. It's gone. Sad day. In the interest of full transparency, I will tell you this is not the first time we've fed this meal to the bean. And it's been hit or miss in the past. Sometimes she loves it. Sometimes she's totally disinterested in it. Other times it gets a full-on yuck. When she was really into onions, or she called them nunions, this was one of her favorites. She would pick everything out and just eat onion after onion after onion. Um, more recently, she has not been a huge fan, but we gave it a shot. And with this meal, when we were eating it, we were in our tiny little non-construction space. And there's a lot of distractions around the table. There's our folding plastic table full of all of our kitchen supplies, along with the toaster oven, along with a blender, along with a coffee maker. There's her little craft table that's usually covered in Play-Doh and paint. There's, I mean, she's two years old. It, it could literally just be a piece of dust on the floor and she wanders off playing with it. So it's hard in an environment like that to keep her focused on the task at hand, which in this case is enjoying, hopefully, the meal that I prepared for her. In this next audio, uh, the taste test from the bean, you'll see exactly how distracted she can become by just a bug. Uh, Our house has been, for whatever reason, inundated with stink bugs. And being a two-year-old, she can't quite comprehend the difference between a stink bug, a fly, a bee, or any other bug for that matter. So what you're going to hear is the bean trying to protect our food from this bug and shoo it away. Baby. Oh. Ah. 
Use that to get that bee to fly away? Yeah. Shoot fly away to us. It can't hurt us. Don't fly away. You can't hurt us. Shoot fly away. Shoot fly away. You'll get in there. Shoot fly away. Don't hurt us. Shoot fly away. You got us to get in there. Shoot fireway. Shoot fireway. Shoot fireway. Shoot fireway. Shoot fireway. By the time the bean actually convinced the bug to shoo fly, and not bother us, we were basically out of time for dinner. It was bath time. Time to read, time to go to sleep. So what we ended up doing instead was providing the bean with a spread of strawberries, cashews, blueberries, I think some cheese puffs, some pirate booty, Um, basically anything she could shove in her tiny little mouth before it was bedtime. So rest assured, rest assured, she did actually have the equivalent of a full meal, just not the one I had prepared for her. Given the bean's indifference to dinner and the fact that there's such limited time in the afternoon after work, taking care of the girls and then trying to get them to bed, I think I might switch up either next episode or the one after and do a special breakfast episode in which I make one of my absolute favorite breakfasts, crepes. Sweet crepes, savory crepes, all the crepes you could want. I'm hoping that maybe given a different time of day, we'll have more success. We've been told numerous times by daycare, that they are amazed at how good of an eater the bean is. They even joke that they would take her out to any restaurant, that they've never seen a kid eat like that. And I said, I'm a little worried about this daycare because I think you're mixing up the children again. Mine is a curly-haired one that screams instead of eats. And they assure me, no, it's the bean, it's your daughter. I'm looking at her right now. So maybe given a change of time, we'll change the outcome a little bit. So look out for that. And all that being said, here comes the spiel about following us on Instagram at Feed the Bean Podcast, on Twitter at Feed the Bean. You know, we're not advertising. Word of mouth is how word gets around, as it were. So share with a friend if you've enjoyed. If you haven't enjoyed, just silently press pause and don't tell anyone that you even tried it out. All right? Good word of mouth we're looking for here. All right? Do me a favor. Nice things. As the hippie girl from my high school used to say, 
Good vibes only, please. So until next time, I'm your chef daddy. Chef daddy.